What's good, Internet? Welcome to Session 97 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I have returned once again to bring you the cutting edge of video game content. That's right, Eric Getty Gettinger. I'm back from my probation, and with me as always, Joel DeWitt. Welcome back, Getty. I'm three weeks sober from buying new games, and I'm bringing my better half with me this week, Kelly DeWitt. Joel, I realize now it was your potion mismanagement and not Donald Duck. I mean, that that's fair. <laughs> that's fair, but, I mean, at least I'm not goofy. Speaking of goofy, this week we're finally going to close up Kingdom Hearts 1. That's insane. It's been, like, a year. <laughs> there, there were starts and stops. It was bad. It's It's been a wild ride. Uh, and I guess you guys started Kingdom Hearts 2, so that'll be our backlog uh, the news seems kind of light this week, but first we're going to move into early adopters where we play alphas, betas, and games that were designed to be just a little bit spooky. Just a little bit. Yep. What I am talking about is the first beta that I assigned, Locus USA. So, uh, Joel, you played both of the games this week? I did. I felt an obligation to actually participate this week because I knew that uh, I, I I'm feeling bad, Daddy. I feel a little guilty for uh, <laughs> doing it when it's when it's not Alex hosting. You know, it, it's funny when Alex hosts and, and he chooses the betas because it's it's pure disappointment on his face that we get to see. But uh, I don't want to do that to you. Well, so I mean, we got a lot that we have going on outside of this, but. Yeah, I do appreciate it then. Well, uh, Locust USA. So I uh, I picked this one kind of on a whim because it, it said it had a Stranger Things vibe about it. And yeah. it does. But uh, so that everybody knows what we're talking about, we're looking at kind of like a pinball-esque game. But at the same time, it's uh, maybe you know the actual name of the game, Joel, but where you used to shoot the ball and then hit the blocks and the blocks would disappear. Arkanoid. Arkanoid is the name that I, I, I think that's what it's called. I used to play that at our YMCA here. You used to have some arcade machines, and it was like NBA Jam and Arkanoid. Okay. <laughs> so, like, that was the one. Because they used to have, like, the uh, the dial on there, too, instead yeah. of the actual controller. Because you'd, you'd t- t- turn it to go left or right on it. But this, this game is a lot more involved than just the plain and simple Arkanoid. Like, yeah, because you can bump the table. Yeah, there, there's that. And there's also just that there's there's moving pieces on the actual board, too. It's not just blocks, but there's actual, like, cars and people and uh, different hazards on the, the board, too. It's, it's just, it's very busy. Are we under attack by a dog? You sure are. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought we, I heard we, the pitter-patter of pause. We, we let him out and then uh, kept him out for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and uh, now he's getting out all zoomies. Oh. So. so the aesthetic of this game and the, the writing actually lend it to feel very close to Stranger Things. Uh, each mm. one of the balls that you, you shoot has like a little face in it, and it, it feels like the cast of Stranger Things. And... Even uh, one of the the weirder mechanics is that every there's like a charge up meter, a luck meter, I guess. Yeah. And after a certain amount of time, it'll proc, and then it'll give you a boost or something negative. Uh, and one of them is pretty much seven 
from Stranger Things. <laughs> I didn't encounter that one. Oh, sorry, but... Eleven. That's what her name is. Sorry. <laughs> I, I have a, yeah, some Seinfeld action going on, too, here. You know, 7-Eleven from <laughs> yeah. Stranger Things. <laughs> it's all strange. You, you didn't uh, have it pop up. It was like you unlocked your special power, and then her face like pops up on the screen. Yeah, I didn't attach that one. Did you play in it? Uh, no. No, mm-hmm. no. I mean, I, I got the random generated uh, risk reward. It, it was It's like community chest in, in Monopoly. Ah. Like you're, you're either going to get a get-out-of-jail-free card or you're doing the jail. <laughs> that's that's basically the two pot. Oh, there was one where it was like nothing happened. It's like you did a moment's reprieve. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's like uh, being told you can pass go, but you don't get to collect $200. But uh, yeah, the whole aesthetic is really neat, though. It's, it's all very dark and broody looking. It, it has uh, very simple pixel graphics on the actual game board but it's it's doing this cool stuff with the sort of vhs tape mm. kind of uh thing where it has like the the lines going up and down the whole time and uh it, it feels very retro in a good way i feel like this is another game that i have brought to the table since alex has been gone that involves vhs <laughs> what was the yeah, other it was the the one Oh, I... The hamster with the coffee addiction? Yes. That one, too. Yes. Yeah. That was... I And I can't remember the name now, of course, but... Uh, go listen to our prior episode if you want to hear about that. <laughs> Just listen to the last five, and it's one of those, I, I right. assure you. Exactly, exactly. What What do you feel about this game? I thought it was fun. I thought I was going to hate it. I, I When I first saw it, I thought it was Frogger, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, it's Pong. So I call it Frogger Pong now. So that's my... Uh, that's my take on it. But it was fun. It was fun. I got a little farther than I thought I was going to. I heard a little bit of grumbling and cursing yeah, oh, I was while grumbling. I was doing the dish. But the I boss finally battles. got I uh-huh. did, I finally got past certain parts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And I got I got further than you, so you, you did. I, I've I've done a nostalgia for the brick breaker kind of games, as I mentioned. So mm-hmm. like this actually really interests me and, and I hope I really hope this actually uh, evolves into something beyond this uh, prototype. It uh, it's got that mysterious aspect to it. It, it has a, a level structure that is more diverse and interesting than like Arkanoid, which is really just a series of levels with the bricks laid out in different ways. Uh, the only thing I could maybe see changing on this is if they could. I know they got the randomly generated buffs and debuffs, but some sort of power-ups available beyond that somehow. Like, yeah. you know, something where you can actually have agency in getting them and choosing them somehow would be nice. Yeah, I was definitely frustrated. So there were two boss battles during the course of the playthrough of what they have released so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will tell you, the second boss... Uh, I kept getting the debuff that would decrease the size of the paddle, yeah, and it would drive yeah. me insane. I probably played, I had to reset like two, three times before I yeah. was actually able to make it past him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I mean in terms of the buffs and debuffs, though. It's like Arkanoid, you hit the brick, and certain bricks will drop the icons that give you the different power ups or or debuffs, and. Uh, also, on the board for something like Arkanoid, there's a, a heavy distance between 
where your paddle's at <laughs> yeah. and where the Brits are at. And in this game, there is a mess all over the field. So, like, when you start out, it is just bump, 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 bump right away because you're hitting all the enemies or the blocks that are, like, halfway through the screen. And if you get that smaller bumper debuff thing, like, you're kind of screwed. Like, it's really tough to navigate that with how quickly things are bouncing back and forth. Uh, how comfortable did you get used to, like, angling your shots? Because that, that's a big part of it. <laughs> it was it was very difficult. Like you said, there's not a lot of space. So by the time I would try and figure out, like, okay, maybe I could do this, that's where the bump that you could hit was actually very beneficial to me. Yeah. In the later stages, you have to aim your shot to make it into, like, a, a vent to get into a building. So yeah. that, that's where I was like, okay, I got to play a little bit smarter about this because I can't depend on <laughs> the ball to make it all the way down to the other side of the map. Just, just random shots yeah. <laughs> and, and praying. Yeah. Yep. Well, that was Locus USA. Not too bad. Uh, but we do have another game to talk about this week. Project Feline. So I I pulled a Joel this time, and I was playing this about 10 minutes before the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. So I, I am a little, a little sorry. So uh, what this game is, uh, it's very similar to another game that we played uh, last year. Let me see if I can pull up the name of it. Neon Tail. So mm-hmm. Neon Tail uh, and Project Feline both feature a character on inline skates. And the difference between the two is that in Project Feline, you have just like a set goal in this demo. Uh, the character is cell shaded yeah. against like a regular backdrop, which. Right, yeah. It, it looked. I it, it. I think. Well, I think it works well, though. Like, it does. It it makes the character pop out from the backdrop really well, and uh, it it gave me real like uh, jet set radio kind of vibes yeah. with the way it looked too. I, I think uh, it, it suits it really well, and the type of game it was. Now I. Admittedly, in that 10 minutes, you figured out there was an end goal, and I just thought it was an <laughs> open uh, playground. So it was really just me kind of bouncing from side to side. But the the actual level was like a bunch of shipping crates <laughs> on top of each other and, and different structures made of those. Reminded me and of work. Yes. <laughs> can't escape it, Daddy. No, I can't. It's everywhere. <laughs> but the whole movement scheme is that, of course, you can like jump across and and walk or state on top of these containers but the gliding along the sides of it are a big part of your movement uh so really you're you're sort of jumping from your platform to a a whole building made out of these things and then you're sort of like gliding along the side of it and it's kind of the kind of the titanfall 2 thing where like you did you speed up by doing that yeah but you only have a limited amount of time that it allows you to do that before it loses the grip so there's also like a sort of boost button right or maybe boost is the wrong word but it's like a little bit of a hop yeah that lets you sort of scooch forward a and little you can bit and you double can... jump so right uh i i admittedly was 
very bad in my first, <laughs> uh, like at the beginning of the playthrough, because I kept trying to go inside of the first shipping container. And then I realized, yeah. hey, I can just skate along the side of it. And that's what you mm-hmm. need to do in order to cross the gap. And then after that, I, I figured it out pretty well. But there are a lot of parts during this demo. And I, I guess there's several different game modes in it right now. Uh, one of them is like collecting point orbs and another one is like a speed run but this it makes you really have to hit every single one of those boosts or jumps perfectly otherwise you're going to fall and you have to reset back at the last checkpoint right yeah it's so i'm i'm a big stickler about movement in in 3d games or open world type games feeling really good so like that's why i struggle with the gtas and the uh watch dodge of the world but love stuff like spider-man or infamous <laughs> and I, I think this hits the right notes when it comes to movements like it feels fluid uh you're not like a speed demon but everything feels natural and and the flow as well and so that i mean i think that's sort of the defining feature of what makes this work and of course, again, the sort of cell shaded look of the character uh, tied to the backdrop, I think, works for me at least. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty concise uh, evaluation. I felt mm-hmm. pretty good too. Uh, my biggest gripe is that I felt like I was doing a pretty good job of hitting the wall where I needed to to skate, and yeah. I was just hitting it with my face, I guess. And then I yeah. Would it. <laughs> if I had one critique, there. As far as I could tell, there is no gripping onto the corner or a side of one of the containers or a ledge. And I feel like it would do a lot of good if it would allow you to do that. Because there are a few times where I was like on the fringe of it. And I was like, in any game other than this, you'd be grabbing onto that. Yeah. <laughs> and and it uh, ended in my death. So uh, if, if they're listening, <laughs> that, that'd be my one recommendation out of a pretty uh, good impression. Make it so. easier to skate on the containers. Yes. <laughs> That's good. All right. I think I can. I think we can move on from there. So let's go ahead and skate into the break. And we'll be back. So you guys butchered my closing to the news last week. The joke was, it's because I played a lot of Mass Effect in college, and you guys are all gross. All right? I I mean, I'm sorry. It was just the tone that Phil used when he said, want to know why they call me Mass Effect. It it had heavy innuendo undertones. Yeah. Yeah. Overtones, overtones maybe. And, yeah. yeah, it was it was more explicit than undertones. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel like he was trying to hide anything there. No. <laughs> uh, so, I guess first piece of news that we have, more CD Projekt Red nonsense. Uh, Jason Schreier, Jason, uh, is this supposed to be like misspelling of somebody's name? Schreiering? I, I'm thinking, what was that called, like an adverb? Or verbing it? What, what are you talking like, I'm, about? I'm trying to turn his last name into like a a, a, a verb. Yeah. Going from like yeah, an, an action of, word. 
Yeah, that's yeah, verbs, right? So yes, that's it's, a okay, verb. Okay, okay. I think you're I'm, trying to take a noun and turn it into a verb. Or yes, a verb I'm to trying. A noun. I'm trying to verburize. Oh my god, Schreier into Schreiering. Schreiering uh, it. Yeah. Well, Schreier. like so, Jason Schreier for you, so you know, uh-huh. is a journalist who used to work at a website called Kotaku, and all of his writing was usually like uh, anonymous sourcing backed exposés on projects gone wrong, bad working conditions in places, basically being like the the serious reporter out of a sea of video game industry sites that were more like fan gushing and stuff like that. So wow. there was a game that came out called Cyberpunch 2077. I have heard of that. You've heard of it, right? Uh-huh. It has been a broken mess since it came out. What's it about? So Cyberpunk is sort of an aesthetic where it's like a dystopian future. It's based uh, off of a tabletop RPG. And yeah. it's set in the future. And that's they've been working on it, uh, big air quotes, for the last seven years. Presumably. like that. That's when it was announced, at least. Uh, the aesthetic is, like again, futuristic. Like There's a lot of stuff about like body modification with technology. Uh, things like that. Have but you played this? And I have I seen you play this? I have not. It okay. just came out uh, right. last winter, okay. and it was completely broken on the PlayStation Four and Xbox One. Like uh-huh. it would crash on people while they were trying to play. Yikes. And even on the new consoles, it would be like a janky mess. So like you'd see people like T posing while they were driving a car. So like <laughs> half their abdomen would be sticking out of the top of the the vehicle. Oh. Uh, other silly stuff like that and it became a bit hubbub because of how broken it was where so we're going through the whole odyssey this is kind of like us talking through uh uh hideo kojima last time you were on. oh that's right uh but after that the company cd project red basically like came out saying hey if you want a refund go ask your retailer for a refund and and, and get it but the whole point of video games is that one most retailers, if you open the box, they're not taking it back as a refund. Hmm. It's just been that way forever. Hmm. Uh, two, if you bought it digitally on one of these storefronts, most of their policies say if you've played over two hours of the game mm-hmm. that you're not eligible for a refund anymore. Oh, good Lord. So, like, I don't even know how many people actually got a refund out of it. But, one, most of the time they failed. Two, the publisher, who are the people that pay to produce the actual copies of the game and distribute mm-hmm. it didn't hear about it until they posted it on twitter oh, so it was like yep. quick like wait what happened yeah, right. <laughs> what are you offering people <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a complete mess and the main thrust of this article is that like the working conditions for these people were awful mm. when it, it they call it crunch so the idea is that like when you're in developing a video game Usually a portion of the development time is kind of normal working hours. And then as you get closer and closer to the launch date for the game, these people are working like 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week Mm -hmm. trying to wrap it up before they launch it. And the article basically describes like the whole game production, it was like that. So like some – I mean I I know it was announced like seven years ago, Daddy. Yeah. I think the articles I read say they didn't actually start true production on it until like three or four years ago. Yeah. I think you guys but touched upon that last week too during the news. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I, 
I don't know how much there's left to say on Cyberpunk. I think CD Projekt Red has to go back and they have to fix some of the the bigger outlying issues and then people will start to trust them a little bit more. It's it's a cry and shame. They had a lot of time to work on it. I know that there's a very toxic fan base too, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you got to put out a finished product. Otherwise, it's it's going to be even worse. Toxic fan base, you don't say. <laughs> the internet is a toxic place. Yes. Yeah, we, we are the only shining beacon of positivity right here. <laughs> I feel like there's probably uh, a couple of other podcasts out there that are gaming fix. <laughs> yeah, they, they are they are definitely uh, a positivity-centered yeah. uh, podcast as well. I mean, I, I, agree, I, I agree with you in that, like, we're running up to the point where it is what it is, not in a passive dismissive way, but in that like acknowledging the truth of the situation and hoping that it improves for people working there and that they can cobble together some sort of fix for this. Uh, Ray- Alex Ramos and Hartwood both were playing this, and I know that Hartwood devoured it in spite of things just he was playing on PC, so he didn't notice stuff, but Ramos dropped off of it pretty quickly and was disappointed. Um, are you planning on playing this sometime? I will. But again, I, people did not expect this game to be what it is. They were expecting yeah. something akin to The Witcher, but the Cyberpunk is based off of a tabletop RPG. A lot of the elements seem like they're from loot shooter games too. So mm-hmm. I, to me, it feels like it's probably closer than anything to Deus Ex, in which case yeah. I will definitely play this game. I'm not going to play it anytime soon because I don't know if I'm going to get a PlayStation 5 anytime soon. Yeah. And I don't trust it on a PlayStation 4. No, I, I don't I don't think PlayStation 4, it'll ever be truly uh, close to what was advertised yeah. uh, from from them. So it, 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 that's kind of a non-starter starter to me. I, I am curious about it enough to where I would consider trying it. But, like, it's already been discounted to $30. I might as well wait until the game of the year edition for 20 bucks shows up. Uh, and it sounds like from you that I should play Deus Ex instead. You should, especially if you have the free... I, I want to say they gave at least one of the games out for free on mm-hmm. PlayStation Network for your Plus subscription. They might have given out more than one. But the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 versions of Deus Ex are... In my opinion, I played all of them. They're yeah. easier to get into than the original. That one's a lot more involved. <laughs> see, I, I, I'm checking my Steam right now to see if I've inadvertently bought it on a Steam sale at some point because I'm I'd sure that was probably I'm sure that was dirt cheap at some point, right? Back back in the heyday of Steam sales, where triple a titles are selling for like five bucks well for sure i have the first two on pc and then i think yeah i think uh human revolution was cheap at some point so i have that yep i've done human revolution on pc yeah you should give that a peek uh but it's it's going to be a lot more role play first person but I, i feel like they streamlined it better than the first two not to say that it's, Deus Ex, the original game, isn't fantastic, and everybody should play it. 
I'm just saying it's easier to get into the newer games these days. Yeah, my my play style, I'll, I'll probably need a more refined experience. So, uh, but no, I it sounds like it's hitting the right themes that I was looking for in Cyberpunk. So, uh, I'll I'll check that out because it's free ninety nine. All right, now let's forget about Cyberpunk for now. Uh, this piece of news I thought was quite funny. So this last week. Uh, the Epic Store gave away free copies of Star Wars Battlefront 2. It's been out yep. forever. Um, uh, I guess EA didn't account for the fact that <laughs> this was actually going to have a lot more people playing. And mm. the servers were having a really difficult time keeping up with the added uh, added players. <laughs> so, like, what, what was happening? Was it just, like, not loading? Was it crashing for people? Uh, it sounded like a lot of people were having just connection issues. Uh, and a lot of lag outs. Oh, okay. All right. I, uh, did you put that up on PS Plus when it came free? I don't remember if I got it. I definitely picked it up on the Epic Store, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, same here. <laughs> just, you didn't have a habit of just being like, oh, free? Okay. Like, I don't, you don't even look at the game and see, like, is this something I'll actually play? I'll probably it's just play like, it at some point. It, it's definitely I, gotten better from what I've heard. I played one match of it on our Series X, and one, that's a very pretty game. Uh, right. I was surprised at how nice it looked, and uh, of course it's got all the sounds and, and look and feel of it right for Star Wars. Uh, it, it's too bad that they botched the, the launch of it so badly with all that microtransaction yeah. stuff, because it seems like there's a really solid game underneath, it's just... It got that stink about it starting out that just stuck to it. Well, one of these days we'll end up playing it a lot more. At least I hope. But it looks like you've got some Joy-Con drift uh, news for us, Joel. Yeah, so uh, Canada's joining the uh, the fight for Joy-Con drift uh, freedom. <laughs> uh, I, I guess there was a class action lawsuit from Canada for Nintendo over the Joy-Con drift. Kelly and I are very familiar with mm-hmm. that at home yeah. here. So, like, our kids have our old Switch. Oh, they're terrible with Sharing those. it. And granted, before we let them have that one, our blue and red Joy-Con that came with it was starting to drift a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, we, this is before they actually, like, offered free repair for it. And the solution was to take electrical contact cleaner and like spritz a little bit underneath the joy con and rotate it around a little bit to even it out because i think the defect isn't technically the hardware it's that like dust and gunk and junk gets easily underneath those flaps and then obfuscates the actual like connection point right but they're terribly hard on those and rough on them so i don't know how much of it is that well it's it's our youngest son like he he will oh. grab onto those joy-con and he'll For just dear be like shake. he will shake. He'll, he'll have like gritted teeth yeah, and I like know. be shaking He's in excitement just... and like he could probably he could probably snap a piece of wood in half <laughs> if it was in oh, his hand God. but like he 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 loves Mario, so oh, like God, he'll yeah. he'll be playing that and doing that, and then it, it, he's just ruined those things. But God. it's it's not just that though, because we have we have like three sets of Joy-Con, and our second set that we had, because I don't want to replace those at some point. Uh, those have drift now too, so, and, and I'm I haven't been terribly hard on those. No, uh, I even got uh, like the Hori uh, D-pad. 
uh, connectors on the side. The jo- uh, yes, the I remember I, seeing this. The the big hunting beast that yeah. you can play in handheld with it, right? It just looks like an Xbox controller split in half, and I almost exclusively play with that if I'm playing handheld now, just because I'm I'm so precious with those Joy Cons mm-hmm. because I'm afraid to break it, and it's like. Man, you, you know, if it weren't for that, I would say that it, the Switch might be Nintendo's best console. It's it's a great console. I, I but, love my light. But that's that's such a crappy thing about it that really ruins half of what was really cool about it when it was announced was mm-hmm. the whole, like, oh, you could pull the controllers off the side and play two-player. Well, right. That's how we played Snipper Clips when uh, that was fun. it came out, too. But, uh yeah. You know, stick it to Nintendo. They they don't deserve. <laughs> Honestly, I I was having the drift. I went ahead and purchased one of those kits off of Amazon, and I replaced mm-hmm. one of the the Joy-Con sticks. It wasn't terribly difficult, but do I think that I should have to do that for for something that I've owned maybe two years? No. 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 <laughs> no. Because like any other console that I can think of doesn't have that kind of defect problem with its with its controllers like you may not like the choices they make in how it feels uh or the size of it or the button placement but like literally a defect making it unplayable that that's unique to this and and nintendo's usually good at this stuff so like that's doubly aggravating to me is that of all the companies, especially they've got like so many classic games on there where you want a functioning controller. Right. Yeah, it sucks. Why can't why can't the world just be at peace and they're not to be Joy-Con drift? Well, the w- because humans are the real play, yeah. Daddy. <laughs> so, uh, last piece of news that I wanted to bring to the table: Resident Evil Eight Village trailer and gameplay dropped today, along with a whole showcase for. For Resident Evil, um, I just want to say, if you have had the chance to watch the trailer, it makes mm. me want to play this game even more. I definitely <laughs> like the setting, and it seems like they said that it's the spiritual successor to Resident Evil 4. Really? Yeah, I guess they're bringing so back I... one of the characters, like the merchant oh, from the game. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was the star. Uh, so I, I did not see this trailer, so you'll have to elaborate for me what it was about or what you're gleaning from it. Well, it's going to follow the character from Resident Evil 7, Ethan Winters. Okay. And uh, he is now, I, I don't know, oh, I guess a little bit, they, they reveal a little bit. He's looking for his daughter, and he's in this Eastern European like village. It's literally like a village with a castle. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to make your way through the village, and the castle is terribly haunting and reminiscent in ways to the mansion from the original Resident Evil. Oh, okay. I, I never played the original Resident Evil. Um, two was my entry point. I played four. I liked four, but I didn't beat it. I got, I got, I got to the point where you have to escort, is it Ashley? That sounds correct. Okay, uh, and that sort of killed the whole thing for me because I wasn't—I was hardly good enough to survive myself without having to babysit. But uh, I, I, Resident Evil is always a series that I'm fascinated about, but I, I can never really truly get in. I even tried Seven, and uh, I liked Seven. I thought it was 
neat. It was a really cool, like, horror movie vibe in a way that the other ones weren't. But I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to have to go p- back and play through 7 once again. But that is, uh, yeah, you should definitely at least give the trailer a chance. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. So, uh, like, the hook in 7 was these weird, like, plant goop monsters. Mm-hmm. In this one, the vampires are just okay. terrifying. They can turn into huh. swarms of bugs, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I I think it's... So they're moving away from, like, the T-virus stuff and, and the typical zombie things. It's all about still biological warfare, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Away from zombies. Okay. All right, all right. Different kinds of ghouls. <laughs> uh, all right, so the news thinks that you're gross. Uh, they st- it still thinks you're gross, <laughs> and that you own the Twitter handle of Jeff Q Anime. Yes, I, I need to find better use for that uh, Twitter handle, yeah. or or at least find a way to utilize it meaningfully. Because you know, I just I need to watch anime to have the reference point to be able to dunk on anime. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna give Joel some anime to watch uh, and take a break. We can discuss. We'll be back. And we're back back with the backlog blog where we play games about the power of friendship also apparently doors like a lot of doors a lot of doors so many doors <laughs> a lot of holes too a lot of holes so if you have been living underneath a rock Key holes we, oh, we are going to oh. talk about kingdom hearts 1 again again but this again. is hopefully for the but last time we talk real. about the first one <laughs> Yeah, our our experience with Kingdom Hearts 1 was that we started it on PlayStation 3 with the collection there. Bounced off it pretty badly. I think we just uh, got distracted by other things. Oh, and, it got tough. Yeah, and, and then we <laughs> went forward with actually trying to stream it. That was our way of trying to commit ourselves to actually playing mm-hmm. through it. Yeah. And we sprung for the PlayStation 4 version of the collection because it was dirt cheap and we have the PlayStation 3 hooked up in a spare room. Um, first of all, I gotta say, they actually did touch up some, some stuff in the PlayStation 4 version compared to the PlayStation 3. Like, uh, stuff that was fuzzy, had that little, like, graininess that uh, PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 games had, was cleaned up, things looked a little bit brighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was, I was generally pleased about that. Um, Sora has these weird baby lips... That's normal. In you Kingdom Hearts not 1? get over that. It, it's haunting. Oh, God. <laughs> like, His smile it, it is haunting, is... too. You know what? Yeah. It's, see? See? Uh, I, I <laughs> he, agree. He gets, I yes. Yeah. I know. I know about Sora. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, if it was a little bit more, like, naturalistic or at I least, know. like, movement, but, like... It, it, it wasn't great. It when, wasn't it's not, great. when it's not cut scenes, it, it's just, it's this blank, like, <laughs> like ridiculous, derpy smile. And then, like, his loops move like it's a, one of those baby dolls, you know. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Um, 
but yeah, we after how long? Half a year. Oh, it had Scooch to have up. been. I I can't. I keep getting pushed sit back. Sit up and sit no, forward. I did. There. Yeah. Was that so hard? Yes. <laughs> now. Uh, we probably played for a better part of the year. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was our fault because we were playing one hour at a time a week uh, on Saturdays streaming. But I think streaming was the only way we were actually going to get through it because it made a commitment for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but positives. I like how it's a grand tour of Disney locations. All right. Yeah. And the fact that you're not in one spot for too long uh, makes it so you're visiting all these various places that are familiar-ish for each of the movies or properties that you were in. And they chose, for the first one, they chose some pretty decent locales. So they had Mm -hmm. Agrabah, they had... uh, First one was Wonderland. Wonderland. Which I really they had Hercules. Olympus. They had yeah, yeah. yeah Olympus. Yep. Yeah, they had uh, Tarzan. Tarzan. And the Halloween Town Halloween was probably Ta- the best. Well, Halloween Town was probably like the biggest surprise to me. I didn't expect that at all. Like yeah. it, that seemed like a pretty good poll for awesome. Disney properties to to be able to mine, but. I, I like that. Like it, it was, it, it shook things up just enough along the way, or even like uh, Atlantis. Like so, like Atlantis, where you actually swim under the water and you have to explore that way. I, yeah. I, I didn't care for the battling there, just as the extra uh, movement of up and down, up and down, yep. kind of created awkward sequences and things didn't flow quite as mm. well. Yeah. But exploring it was was neat. Um, I think uh, the the combat still was kind of a thorn in my side through most of it, and some of it, admittedly, I think is my fault. I Just think a little that bit. I didn't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't interact with the systems as deeply as I probably should have through all this, and it was for the most part when I was playing it uh, a matter of trying to chain together keyblade combos but not being very artful about it or using the the deflect very well to uh, counter and yep. then be able to do that. Parry is essential, especially as you get later in the game. It really helps right. with those last fights, Joel. Same with the dodge roll. <laughs> One of the first skills yeah. that you get, but you have to equip it. Yeah, so. yeah well, I ha- you know, if, if there's anything I've learned in my life, Daddy, it's that I only learn the hard way. <laughs> so, uh, but... I did get at least a little bit into that stuff, enough to trudge through, and it really wasn't until the last, probably Hollow Bastion and after, where I really struggled. Like, everything else, I could sort of beat my head against the wall and push my way through by just spamming fireballs in some spots, uh, having ethers and, and healing myself, and because Lord knows I couldn't rely on Donald. No, uh, oh, Don- please. Donald was hopeless. Yeah, no, Donald was awesome. You were hopeless. <laughs> there was nothing you could do that, that would have convinced me that Donald was in the wrong. Both things can be true at the same time. I can be <laughs> hopeless okay. and Donald be uh-huh. useless. And he was also a healer, not a fighter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, well, uh, marital squabbling aside, <laughs> I think uh, I think that that big mistake really harmed me from the Riku fight and onward. 
because I mean, I got Ritu wasn't bad once I got the patterns down. The worst part was that we encountered Ritu at first, like near the tail end of one of our streams, and mm-hmm. we started so we start so late at night that my stills atrophy pretty quick when playing that, and so that was mistake number one is that we need to start earlier. But after him, there was like that huge gargoyle monster thing, right? That's sitting on Char- top Char-bog? of. A, who cares what his name is? <laughs> I he, care what his name is. He wasn't is. a real... That's not a real name. He's from Fantasia. Oh, yeah. You and 12 other people remember that. No, oh, I'll go get my but, wife. She'll remember it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's I, what matters. I, I, for, for the record, I enjoy Fantasia. I just... I don't remember anything except for the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, you know? dear Lord. But there was that, and then when you actually fight... What is his name at the end? Handsome. The boss. Handsome. Why did I? Yeah. Cur- why uh, did I? Fr- I was cursing his name for like yeah, a whole yeah. day. Handsome. That was <laughs> you, quite the. You did so the part at the end where you're back on the island, right? And you have to find like three or four different versions of him. Yep. And that was where I really hit that brick wall. And we had ended a stream and I think I pretty much out and said, I'm not streaming the rest of this game <laughs> because I knew it was going to be a huge struggle. Oh, it was a and struggle. And I spent a whole Saturday <laughs> getting through the end of this game. Uh, I, I beat my head against the wall yeah, you did. for like what, an hour or two. Oh, at least. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm clearly not at a level where I can approach this thing. And I was afraid to let it go because I was at that point where he basically turns into like a giant airship or something like that. Well, yeah, <laughs> like he, an airship monster. Thing. Yeah, he was like, yeah, like uh, a Godzilla type of. Thing. It was like the last phase of him. Yeah, and I was afraid to go back to my last save point because I had a hell of a time beating the two prior ones. Right. But I went back. I got a couple leveled up. I found a better Keyblade in the library of, of Hollow Bastion. Yeah. Yeah. And then I stocked up on more healing items because you had told me that the Dargoyle was the last boss. I'm sorry. And I didn't I realize blew, his name was Charbon. I blew all of my elixirs, uh, all my made potions on that. Because <laughs> I was like, I, I have to get through I could this. only take so much responsibility for that. <laughs> don't even play the game uh, yeah You're well just, that's why you should have known better yeah i guess so i guess so oh, lesson cool. lesson learned yes. um but we got through it that's mm-hmm, the important thing and, and that that leveling up a couple times was really that and the items were really all the difference oh, it made because i was able to jump back into it i was familiar enough with ansem's patterns on the first couple rounds and those couple level you know what else i did i got the upgraded uh magic for whichever one was the one that was like defensive buff like it was defensive barrier uh and that helped a lot too but short story long story short i I need to engage in these systems a lot better it didn't make any uh, sense okay (laughs) (laughs) so though that's something i had a challenge with i also i never saw the point of the dummy ship like, it seemed like those sequences were just tacked on because somebody felt like they needed something in between these worlds to yeah. connect them. I, I definitely agree with you there. And I think I told you before, you still have gummy ships in the coming games, so... Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm glad you forewarned me. <laughs> I, I mean, 
curiosity might get the better of me in two and three, and maybe I'll try to actually like toy with the dummy ship pieces and stuff and see where it leads us. Yeah. But uh, a part of me saw no value in that in this one because we were able to push through those without too much trouble. Yeah. Like there's there's not much incentive to upgrade much uh, because I think I failed once through those mm-hmm. because you can avoid most of the pitfalls and traps there. And once you get to a point, you can fast travel most places anyway. So right. it completely negates the need for it. But it, it seems like a weird... Yeah, it's it's not exactly fun, but it's it's whatever. Well, that's that's just it though. Like it, it should go one of two ways: either they should just remove it, or they should make improvements to it to where it's actually like an enjoyable sort of Star Fox kind of thing, where it feels good to fly and there's reasons to engage in it. You'll find that, that that's what just... they do in the third one. So okay, <laughs> they eventually got there, but you're again. A, a few off. years late to the party here. <laughs> Just a few. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's part of why... There's two reasons why I wanted to play this. One, Kelly really liked the idea of a game with Disney characters. Yeah, and I'm always cool. looking for an excuse to get her engaged in my hobby when I can. <laughs> uh, two is that there is such a fervent fan base for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I know. And when there's such a rabid fan base for something, it makes me curious to try to understand what it is about it that people love. And and if I can find enjoyment in it, too. Well, I've heard Final Fantasy is very popular among gamers, and, of course, there's the Disney aspect, which is very popular among people like me. So, So, Final Fantasy is, like, one of the most prolific mm, video game series that exists. Um, I mean, they they use Final Fantasy characters in this game as window dressing. I mean, that's more or less... Like, they they insert Squall, Aerith, Yuffie into the Traverse Town stuff, just Mm -hmm. as, like, info dumps through them right but there's not really much like interaction with the characters themselves outside of them giving you direction what to do and then then cloud sort of like brooding along with hades a little bit he's trying to accomplish something i don't even remember i i I don't remember (laughs) either but it was kind of it was kind of so ancillary that you know beyond fighting him that one time i don't I don't think he showed up again in this game. No. I think it was just that one fight at yeah. the Coliseum. But that was, again, like his typical storyline, trying to to redeem himself kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I, I guess I guess I should have known that. Um, but I don't know. what what I've been talking most of this time. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you experienced? Well, I mean, you're the one who actually played the game. Uh, when I played it originally, I got to Agrabah, and then that's where I quit because it got too difficult. So I was like, I can't I can't do this by myself. So I shelved it for a little while. Mm-hmm. So you picked it back up. and um, But watching you play it was enjoyable. It, you know, the, the Heartless got a little overwhelming at times. Every time you would walk into a room, it would there'd be a thousand heartless and you know there were just little irritants like that but of course the disney aspect and going to all of those different worlds especially like wonderland and uh halloween town those were those were you know special things to do and i can see the appeal because the at least on the ps3 or ps4 the 
graphics are beautiful and mm. the the art is beautiful and i can see where people love these games so much so i will also say dunting on him aside sora is an endearing character he really right? is like like his his sort of simple optimism and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the kind of like uh story arc that he has throughout this is it's very like uh saturday morning cartoonish kind of like or, yeah, or like a kid's bit. movie a mm-hmm. bit where it, it's there is a conclusion he has some personal growth in some ways but he's still like a happy-go-lucky kid right. that is just trying to save his friends and go on an adventure basically yeah and so that that works really well as an avatar for something like this too i, I get the sense that a lot of people who really love the series it's kind of like the harry potter thing where like they started the series as a younger person and then they drew along with mm-hmm, right. the series, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see where things lead from there. And, and you know, your, your point about the Heartless is definitely well taken by me. Yeah. Um, they were oppressive throughout yes. most of the dungeons. Oh, yeah. And it was and, just irritating. And, like, again, this is partially my fault, but I found them pretty challenging to actually get through the, the random mobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when I understood their patterns and things. But that... Again, that's more on me than anything, I think. Uh, but that's that's part of what I liked about Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memory so far. Is that, is that a segue? Yes, sir. All right, Kingdom Hearts <laughs> Chain of Memories. Let's hear about it. Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Yakuza block you for a that's second fine. here. <laughs> but uh, since we're on the topic. I So we started that last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've come to an agreement where we're going to try to do four-hour chunks of streaming because otherwise we'll be playing this until 2023. Yeah. Uh, and my goal is going to be to try to get to three by the end of this year. Okay. So we'll see if that's, yep, we'll that's, see if that's doable, but we're, we're uh, going to work. We're going to plug. Are you going to hit any uh, other of the stories besides chain of memories then? So in the through line from the main series, yes, I guess I'd be curious about if there are any that are considered true story. I mean, I understand each of them has yes. elements of story that are useful. The question is, like, what's playable and enjoyable versus what we should be looking at a YouTube summary. Well, of. if you're – and once you get to three, you can always go and use the menu feature that I told you about that has all of the, the storylines. You can actually go through and refresh yourself or figure out what happened okay. during those chapters. But when it comes to enjoyable gameplay – I think that this one is such a departure from the normal games that you will have yeah. a better time with it than some of the others. I I have no doubt. Like the the card system, it's like it was made for me. <laughs> like uh, I I really I mean we talked about card games for half of this podcast we've been on, but the way that they implement that makes each battle a lot more uh, manageable. You know, because you have to strategize how you use the cards each round. You have to figure out your deck yeah. and, and what cards you want in your deck because of how each card has, like, a, a set number on it for power. But also the deck can only have so many – I forget the acronym, but, like, deck building points. And each card has an assigned right. deck building point value, and you have a limit that you can level up. But – it starts off pretty small. Yeah. And then, unlike Kingdom Hearts 1, 
you can technically walk around a lot of the the battles too. Like you can choose to move around at certain points, yeah. which. Uh, you know, I found myself not running away from too much because I'm I'm enjoying the battle system a lot more it's here. It's quicker too, but for sure, it is. Yeah. It, it's more snappy for sure, and, and like, uh, you know, I, I've had I had a few deaths, but it's stuff that you felt like you could learn from, and that's something I didn't necessarily feel like I was gaining from the first one in the same way. Like each each death was sort of like a learning experience, and then they have been intentionally layering on upgrades one step at a time so like uh you know different they would have like a health boost for leveling up or the card boost or a specific move you'll have to remind me you pay into those right you get to select which one when you level up or is it correct okay so right that i remember and you can also find card packs or certain cards sitting around in the environment from interacting with it. That's yeah. true. Yep, that, and then I, I, there might be some card drops in battles too. I forget, but yeah. uh, so far it hasn't been hard to collect more cards and try to swap stuff out. Uh, also, like the fact that, like in in battle, cards will randomly drop that you can pick up and then use. So, like a Goofy or a Donald card yep. or. Pluto, which seems to be basically like the the health dump, <laughs> if you need that in a pinch. But I, I I liked the way that the numbers. It's like a it's like war, right? The the card game war, <laughs> where you're just like playing your best card and or or trying to counter with the enemy's card. Or if you don't have a good card to counter with, and you know that a big one's coming, you can try to like run out of the way and, and dodge it since it's still that active movement stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit, and I'm going to have a lot easier time, I think, rolling yeah, through I this. Think so too. And, and I like, I like the story conceit, or at least like the the framing. So of how it, the fact that it's, how far have you gotten into the story? Oh gosh. Um, because it starts to... I think we're at the Coliseum. It takes the like Coliseum. a weird turn at a certain point. Okay, well, we're not we're not the weird turn okay. yet. We made it to the Coliseum, I think, which is, it might be one of the first places, probably. Probably the first place after Traverse Town. Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. But, yeah. but we, we've got the sort of stage set, at least for, like, table states. Like, what the baseline premise is, which is that they're trying to find King Mickey... Just by uh, premonition, uh, Donald and Doofy think that he's there, uh, and they go into this uh, castle, but then hooded figures are telling them that it's all a figment of Sora's imagination, and so you find these people you met in Kingdom Hearts 1, and they're like, well, I don't think I know you, but I know your name, <laughs> and I, I feel like I can trust you, <laughs> so it's like this weird mix of amnesia-esque kind of stuff, or at least like it not being linked to reality, but but since it's Sora's memories, they can sort of faintly recall right. who he is. Uh, it has a nice bit of mystery to it, you know? I, I think that's the part that I, I like about it, is that Kingdom Hearts 1 was so straightforward for the most part with its story, even with some of the kind of nonsensical, like, <laughs> this thing pops out of nowhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Ansem, just, he was the third act enemy like he was he if, if iron man 2 you know the the guy that shows up at the end when you're fooled into thinking that it's uh the mandarin oh yeah uh, iron man 3 you know he, he i know 
Yeah, sorry, three. Yeah, he he's the he's the third act boss. The way that uh, the enemy at the end of that movie was, but I uh, you didn't care for it so much though. I, I I don't know. I guess I guess not really. I I just I don't know. I I have I have shifting problems with um it's not it's not that I, you know, had much of a problem with it, I guess. I just have a difficult time shifting gears sometimes from like one game to another, one movie to another or something. Yeah. I mean, part of it part of the problem here, I think for you too is that these games came out years apart, right? Mm-hmm. And but we're mainlining through as many yeah. as possible in one go. So, I mean, because this is a side story game with a different battle system, but that's with just different it's perspective. A side story game, so I. No, it, it is, but it isn't. Yeah, that's the <laughs> problem that's, with that's it, Kelly. The, that's so the problem with the series. Gonna, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna find that this is like essential to the plot of the second game and if you don't play through the entirety of this then you're going to be like all right well none of this makes sense yeah uh, <laughs> i i i yeah i can see that being a problem like they were yeah, tricky I, I mean, about how they did this it doesn't yeah i mean it doesn't bother me it's just you know it's just sort of there i'm ready to get to the second one you know i'm just grateful that this is all in the collection on playstation I don't have to pull out yep. my DS to play this stuff or random uh, consoles, uh, or PSP this or was something. GBA. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I played I, it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You're <laughs> you're right. I I thought DS, but you're right. I, I oh think I have also, a copy of it still. <laughs> you know, I was curious to see what it was going to look like a GBA game ported to the PlayStation, but this is some sort of like remake that was done for playstation 2 originally or something right uh, i think playstation 3 when they re-released okay you know maybe it was also for playstation 2 but i thought that it didn't yeah. get re-released until they did the set the first like 1.5 version yeah okay because i was i was totally expecting gba graphics like <laughs> some sort of top-down isometric thing and then it popped up and it was like oh you know, normal Sora and, and Donald and everything. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm eager to find out what comes next in this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm preparing myself for some nonsense, but there's enough mystery to where I'm a lot of nonsense. <laughs> yeah, a lot of nonsense. I love this series, and, and I will tell you, like, it's gonna get dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be like, what did he just say? No, that's crazy. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm looking forward to the yeah, chaos a little me too. bit. I, I, I I've got tempered expectations already, so I think that helps. It's a bit. just a it's just a matter of getting used to things and adjusting to something new. That's all. All right. Well, that's a pretty good look at Kingdom Hearts One and Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Can't wait for you guys to report back with how well you like that story. Mm-hmm. Now, was it you that says I need to play it twice to get the full breadth of the story, or was that Andre? Uh, that was I what I said, but that's okay. because okay. that's the entirety of the game. Like, you think that you're done, and then it's going to be like, oh, no, you have to continue playing. Oh, uh, they super ghouls and ghosts that shit, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> that'll that'll definitely be a, a long haul, but maybe you'll burn through it. 
Maybe. We'll see. The last thing, and I am going to be offering micro bites of Yakuza Like a Dragon here mm-hmm. each each week because this is going to be my game for a while. Um, but I think that Alex is already... I can't, I can't remember if he talked about it on the podcast or if he talked about it in real life anymore. That's just how it is. But yeah, I, I think it's I think it's real life. Nobody's brought it up yet. This here, I think game you're... is outlandish. So uh, <laughs> uh, Yakuza, the games, they're pretty, I guess, pretty serious games. It's, it follows like actual members of the Yakuza. You're trying to gain control of the city, doing whatever. In this game, you know what are? no, Yakuza are Japanese mafia. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, I knew that, I did. So in this game, like I am, uh, I'm just gonna give you a, a brief, like, couple of minutes about what I've encountered so far. The storyline is so in depth because it's a JRPG, and it, mm-hmm. it's very involved. So the first couple of hours, first two, three hours, it like walks you through like this very serious story about this uh, young Yakuza member. Uh, trying to find his way and uh, he goes down as uh, like a a fall guy ends up in prison gets out of prison and that's where like the game actually starts to pick up but the way that they did it is just so ridiculous like your character has delusions where he thinks that (laughs) the people on the street are like transforming and they're crazy monsters (laughs) <laughs> like you'll just be walking and like a regular guy passes you on the street and he's like oh we have to fight him and then he turns into like a hulking <laughs> eight foot tall guy with a sledgehammer <laughs> and it's like oh, all right man. uh and then just the random stuff that you encounter it's a very lively environment it it reminds mm-hmm. me of playing through grand theft auto but with a dragon quest esque element to it so the battles are, are, are all turn-based, uh, mm-hmm. so you get to actually do your, your inputs. And uh, I'll just tell you about the two things that I... Or, uh, three things that I encountered last night. So there is a Pokédex, and there is a quest <laughs> that specifically tells you that it's a Pokémon-like minigame. <laughs> but it's called, like, Super Jittery Guys, so it's, like, Suju-mon. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... The whole, like, way that you find out about it is crazy because there's a streaker, like a flasher, on the street, and he runs up to you with his trench coat and just, like, flashes you and you like, oh, does a little dance, and then you knock him out and this guy comes and he tells you this whole thing. Uh, then I also got to, there's a Mario Kart minigame, like, straight up driving around the streets of Yokohama, and it's Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, before we move on uh, have you played other Yakuza games? I have not but I'm told okay. that they're uh, not like this okay okay because I, I, I that's why I want to understand is like from a frame of reference are, are, are all of them this like mad tap and crazy but I've heard that there <laughs> they, are they, like they... scenes that are in there for example yeah. I ran into a bunch of men in diapers last night that was the last thing I was going to say there you go and Alex said that there's actually a brawl in one of the Yakuza games with you mm-hmm. versus, like, a whole bunch of guys in diapers. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it's something that they, like, casually try and, like, sneak into the other ones, but it's, like, front and center in this one. You are fighting Full. bums. 
One of the, the enemies is called Hungry Hungry Homeless. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, that's some good alliteration. I'm still very yeah. early yeah. in the game, uh, so I'm very poor because I'm I'm homeless right now. Mm-hmm. But I go. hope that I will be able to, you know, make a bigger dent as we go week to week because this game is... I have to I have to find out what happens. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. I, I hope you checked in with us every so often. I need to live through you. Oh, I'm <laughs> for I'm this planning on experience. it. Like week to week. I uh I've seen I've seen some gifs of the summons in this game. I haven't gotten and, one yet. And, okay. Okay. I, I wanna see I wanna hear your reaction to those once you get to those, because I I think you're going to enjoy yourself <laughs> quite a bit. Okay, so one last thing before we get to... Uh, we might punt the bonus segment here, but one of the characters has a special ability where he throws a handful of bird seed at the enemy and then pigeons attack him. <laughs> it's like uh, um, Home Alone 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the homeless lady uh, throws the seed at uh, the sticky bandits. Yeah, and then they... That's but good. It's just... That's good. Like, the way that this game is set up, I was not expecting it to be so enjoyable. I, I thought I was going to have fun with it, but I think I'm having too much fun with it at this point. <laughs> Does this make you want to go and try the Yakuza games before? before? It might. But I need okay. to... This is going to be a real-time sink. It's an investment. have uh a little bit of a a bonus segment if we want to do it otherwise we could we could wait till next week when alex is around what do you think joel Mm -hmm. i think i think uh make it more fun how 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 about this uh let's tease it real quick uh so i I had sent a tweet out this week because it just crossed my mind that said let's say you're the president of video games and it's your last day in office what video game character do you pardon, and what crimes have they committed? <laughs> now, I think I agree with you that we should save the general one for next week. But one, Kelly, mm-hmm. you brought one to mind, right? Uh, and scooch up, you're away from the mic. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, but I can't remember what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, oh, from Animal Crossing. Okay, I was thinking <laughs> Tom Nook. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And what is he being pardoned for? I, I I cannot remember what I said. I'm gonna have to. I have to. I, I'll get back to you, and then you'll have to do it for me. You're gonna have to tell okay. my tale. For I, me. I I mean, he's a raging capitalist, but like, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if he uh, broke any laws per se. Like, people hate Tom Nook on the internet because they think he's like the worst embodiment of capitalism because <laughs> like you're basically indentured to him you're going out to this island uh and he's your only resource to build up it's kind of like the whole like plantation like uh company store kind of thing but who who gives you a zero in- percent interest loan anymore yeah that's, that is true that's not so yeah. bad that's yeah so uh 
yeah, we won't linger on this, Daddy, but maybe we can read a few off from uh, Twitter yeah, here. Yeah, we'll, uh, or do you uh, want to do it right now? Yeah, okay, yeah. Go ahead. Just as a precursor, and then me, you, and Alex can uh, let loose next week. Uh, our friend Richard said, uh, Link, uh, dude broke into countless houses and stole so many rupees and ruined so many pots. Uh, yeah, that's yep. good. Uh, friend of the show, Alex Arona, <laughs> said... Uh, <laughs> the Phantom Thieves for Stealing Hearts and BK the Raccoon from Donut County. I can I can totally see we need to finish Donut County. That's such a yeah, good game. Yeah, we should. That is a and, good game. And it's short. <laughs> it's really short. Uh Hartwood says uh Los from Divinity Original Sin 2 for Theft Murder uh, and the usual. I, I do faintly remember that character. She was like patently like crazy. She had like multiple personalities, I think, if I remember right. Uh, Donald Teralt, uh, he he's actually works for NWR. He said, definitely not Yoshi. We can't send the message that you can get pardoned out of tax fraud. <laughs> I, I guess a blanket pardon for monster hunters. They must have racked up serious federal animal cruelty charges. Yeah. And uh, Alex Ramos said, Sorceress Ultimeca? Ultimecia? Yeah, from Final Fantasy Is that 8. from Final Fantasy VIII? Okay, she could compress my time because she'd be fine as hell. Wow. Thank you, Alex Ramos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know how I feel so about yeah, that. We'll... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll save uh, the true segment for when our fearless leader returns next week. Yep, if he can dethrone me or you or what, whatever, you know, we'll see. We'd probably tag team if we really had yep. to. <laughs> Okay, so that'll take us to our actual last segment of One Last Thing, and that's one last thing that we would like to share you as we make our way into the weekend, and you make your way into the weekdays. Uh, I guess I go first, because I'm host. I don't yes. like that. I like being last and still not <laughs> having anything to say. Uh, I am going to play a lot of Yakuza, but uh, maybe, no, you know what? I'll waste my time on Nino Kuni right now. I am far enough into the game to realize that I like it and I hate it mm -hmm. at the same time. Which may not tell you very much, but some of the game mechanics just are very frustrating. You know, so far I'm finding it pleasant but boring. Okay. And that that's sort of where I'm landing at, right? Like, the, the combat system is fine. The, the whole swapping between familiars and stuff is a neat way to uh, provide the different, like, almost like classes to combat and stuff. But it's not variable enough for me so far to make it interesting. And that's my, my gripe, is that once you get far enough along and you can evolve your familiars... It sets them back to level one, and oh. you have to grind out to get them strong again. And it, oh. it really cripples you for several battles. And that's... Hmm. I really enjoy the story. I like where it's going. I just don't want to have to grind that much. Yeah, that's just it. The characters in the world is really charming. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll go with Kelly next. One last thing. Okay. Um, next time, hopefully there's a next time I am on, I want to discuss some of the world's worst games ever. And my personal choice will be, um, 
the world's worst game based off of the world's greatest novel, and then there were none. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I want to do that. So you know, keep that. Keep that. All right, Joel, make that happen. It was a point-and-click adventure <laughs> game that they ported to Wii. Uh, I bought that for her back when we lived in North Carolina. Yes. Some, what, six or seven years oh, ago? Oh, no, it had to have been longer I, than that. It I, was terrible. I watched you pl- You know what the worst part was? You made me look up stuff how to beat that game. Well, it, was, it was one of those games where it was, like, obscure and nobody would have ever known how to do it. I guess. I guess. But, yeah. You guess. Uh, Joel, oh, what's boy. your one last thing? Yeah, I, uh, so I, I got a game called Wrestling Empire. Uh, thankfully, I didn't have to break my streak of not buying stuff this year. Uh, I was able to get a code from NWR, thank you to the folks there. It is the most beautiful disaster of a wrestling game. So you, you know how those N64 wrestling games used to look and feel like? Do you recall those yeah. at all? Like the WWF, No Mercy kind of stuff. WCW versus NWO. That was my big one. So it looks like that, but it doesn't play like that. It plays probably closer to the old uh, SmackDown games, except those felt like they were pretty crisp movement and that for the most part, hit detection was okay. This is a, a disaster. Like, All right. One. One, the hit detection is pretty bad. So, like, a lot of times it'll just miss when it seems like it should hit or, like, a grapple will be, like, short when you think you're at the right length. Two, if you do certain moves, sometimes people will just go flying. Like, <laughs> so, like, if you do, like, a... Uh, a, a toss or like some sort of suplex or something like that and you're near the edge of the rain they will just like bounce up and fly out of the rain and into the the ground that's to the side of it all right uh and the probably my my favorite part of this game is that there's just always weapons littered around the whole uh ring you know and what kind of weapons? Chair, so garbage can, baton, chair, uh, the announcer table. Uh, They've got cameras for some reason. It's it's like the it's like those professional cameras that are as big as those old VHS oh, cameras. Okay. Uh, microphones and uh, lead pipes <laughs> and and TNT for some reason. Just just dynamite. So. If you try to hit them in the rain with it, you get disqualified. But if you throw them out of the rain, you can just pummel them as long as you'd like with this stuff. And, oh, yes, there is blood stuff happening, too. Like, there'll just be, like, puddles of blood on the ground and spraying from their faces if you hit them. All right, Joel, I'm going to need you to, like, explain this game in detail during the (laughs) next episode or one of the next episodes. But... Mm. I think okay. I think I'm gonna okay. cut you off there because this is sure. I have so many questions, and uh, I know uh, it's just gonna spiral out of control. All right, so okay, we'll save this for early adopter yeah. next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that'll be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio, uh, Twitch on 
twitch.tv slash superggradio where we are streaming so much stuff. We have 2D Tuesdays uh, where Joel is playing through Hollow Knight with Kelly. Is is Kelly playing yep. too? Yep. yep. No. No, I'll, you, I, you, I won. You tried okay, at the I start was. and then you hit your, your camp. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have... Is it Saturdays that you're playing through Kingdom Hearts? Saturdays yeah. we're doing Kingdom Hearts. It'll be Chain of Memories for the foreseeable future. All right, future. we got Kevin randomly streaming whatever he wants. Uh, we got Phil <laughs> or Hades on Sundays. He made it to Hades second phase this last week. God Very bless nice. him. He still didn't beat him. I'm really pulling for you, Phil. <laughs> uh, we have Alec playing... Uh, Deep Rock Galactic on Monday nights. Check out our streams, guys. We have nothing better to do than play video games and bring you content. <laughs> Alright, if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, you can find us at superggradio at gmail.com and provide us a review on iTunes or the Diaper Man mobs of your choice. Thank you for listening, and GG Joel. Good game. GG Kelly. Good game. Good night, everybody.